Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens, and happy Fatality Friday in the News. I know the intro says Monday. I need to make a new intro. Here, we continue our murder in the news, which is still better than the regular trash news that we are fed. So buckle in, trash pandas. Let's get into it. And remember, I do not read these articles past the title, so we are reacting together. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Our first article comes from CNN.com and the title reads, Authority Search, BTK Serial Killer's Former Property in Connection with 1976 Missing Person Case and Other Unsolved Cases. So, investigators searched a former residential property of Dennis Rader, the self-proclaimed BTK serial killer in Kansas this week, primarily in connection with a probe into the 1976 disappearance of an Oklahoma teenager, authorities said Wednesday. Authorities also are checking whether Rader, who pleaded guilty in 2005 to murdering 10 people from the 70s to the 90s, is connected to, quote, another missing persons cases and unsolved murders in the Kansas and Missouri areas, the Osage County Sheriff's Office in Oklahoma said in a news release. Rader, who was serving life terms in prison, admitted in 2005 to carrying out 10 brutal killings to fulfill his sexual fantasies. He suggested in a letter found long before his capture that he should be called BTK, which is short for Bind, Torture, Kill. Investigators from Oklahoma's Osage County Sheriff's Office searched the property where Raider's home once stood in Park City, Kansas. Now, Park City is just barely north of Wichita. It's like a northern suburb of Wichita, not horrifically far from me. From Tuesday through Thursday, their second search there this year, in collaboration with that city's police department, the Sheriff's Office said, among materials of interest found at the property this week were trophies, quote, end quote, from at least one woman and bondage materials in a hiding hole. The Osage County Undersheriff, never heard of that before, Gary Upton said Thursday. The search's primary focus was the 1976 disappearance of Cynthia Dawn Kinney, who was 16 when she was last seen in Oklahoma. Raider is a prime suspect in Kinney's disappearance and other unsolved cases, the sheriff's office said, without detailing the other cases. An attorney for Raider told CNN Wednesday that he had no comment. So some background, it says what investigators say they found this week and in April. Raider's home was bulldozed in 2006, Upton said, and I can verify that it was. In this week's search of the Kansas property, the Oklahoma investigators found personal effects or trophies that definitely belonged to a female, Upton said Thursday. 
The items were found in a hole that was discovered Tuesday when a Park City crew lifted concrete for the Oklahoma investigators. Authorities have previously said Raider took and kept victims' personal effects, including jewelry and clothing. Details about whether investigators believe they know the identity or identities of whoever owned the items found this week weren't immediately available. Investigators this week also found chains, apparently used for bondage, along with C-clips that can shorten chains or be used to secure a person's legs or feet, Upton said. They also found items that they don't currently want to describe publicly. Okay. The hole's sides were reinforced with roofing shingles and concrete pavers made for a flat floor, the sheriff said. This week's discoveries came after the Oklahoma investigators found a pantyhose ligature on the property in April. The ligature was tied in a knot consistent with binding someone's hands or feet together. The ligature was found under concrete that Park City had poured on the property to make a sidewalk in the area of where a storage shed once stood, according to Upton. This week's search was designed, quote, to collect items of evidentiary value based on specific leads that the Osage County Sheriff's Office has received. Quote, this ongoing investigation has uncovered potential connections to other missing persons cases and unsolved murders in the Kansas and Missouri areas, which are possibly linked to Dennis Rader. The Osage County Sheriff's Office has been working alongside the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, sharing crucial information and collaborating on this case. End quote. The items found this week will undergo thorough examination to determine their potential relevance to the ongoing investigations. And then it goes on to say the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, quote, has met with the Osage County, Oklahoma Sheriff's Office related to their investigation, but we have not been involved in any recent property searches. Park City Police said the Oklahoma Sheriff's investigators conducted this week's search and that Oklahoma investigators contacted Park City Police, quote, as a courtesy to let us know they would be in the city. It would be inappropriate for anyone from the Park City Police Department to comment on an investigation being conducted by a separate law enforcement agency, end quote, Park City Police said in a news release Wednesday. And then Raider's daughter says she's helping investigators because I'm glad that she is. And of course she is, but I mean, I have opinions about her, but anyway, so surprise Raider's making the news again. If I, when I drive past the, the prison again, those of you that follow me on Instagram or on the Facebook page will know that I flip him off, flip the prison off every time I drive by. So I'll just give him a double bird. And then our next article comes from NBCNews.com. Title reads, Body camera video shows rescue of woman chained in Louisville home. Police arrest Moises May, 36, last week. He's alleged to have kidnapped the woman a few days previously. Now, I've actually seen a little bit of, um, like, police body cam footage of this girl. She's got a chain on her neck and stuff. I didn't realize... I saw just a bit of that. I promise I didn't read the article, but the article goes on to say 
Police body camera video released Tuesday shows the rescue of a woman who was found chained to the floor in a Louisville, Kentucky home last week. The video shows a Louisville police officer trying to enter the home around 7 p.m. Wednesday after a neighbor reported hearing screaming. The officer eventually uses a ladder to reach the second floor from the outside where the window had been broken out. Inside was a crying woman with a chain around her neck and a padlock, and the chain was attached to the floor. Moises May, 36, was arrested two days later, and police said in a statement he was alleged to have kidnapped the woman only a few days previously. Online court records showed a next court date for Monday. It was not clear from online records whether May had an attorney or could speak on his behalf. May was arrested on one count of kidnapping, intimidating a participant in the legal process, wanton endangerment, assault, terroristic threatening, and harassment. NBC affiliate WAVE of Louisville Louisville, reported. Boy, I better not pronounce that wrong. He has pleaded not guilty, according to the station, because of course he has. He had a woman chained to the floor in his bedroom, but okay. And it says, an arrest report says that on August 14th, May and the woman had an argument and that May struck her. The arrest report says that when she returned to get her belongings, May allegedly locked her in a room and later chained her up, leaving her there and taking her cell phone. And that's the end of the article. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that it only been a few days rather than freaking years or some nonsense. But I mean, it's, it's horrible either way, right guys? I mean, it's horrible either way. So then our next article comes from KIRO7 and the title is Girlfriend Arrested After Mother Found Her Adult Son Decapitated in His Bed. Oof. Coming out of Las Vegas. A man's girlfriend was arrested and has been accused of killing him in his house in Henderson, Nevada, earlier in early August, police say. The Henderson Police Department said on August 7th, just before 9 a.m., officers were called out to a house in the 2000 block of Paladura Drive about a dead relative. When officers arrived at the scene, they found a 47-year-old man dead. The man was later identified as Jonathan Willett. He was reportedly found dead by his mother. Oh, that's horrible. When officers arrived at the house, his head appeared to have been severed and was not found in the room. Officers smelled chemicals that they believed were ammonia and bleach. Officers spoke to the man's mother who told them that she saw her son last the night before with his girlfriend, Devin Michaels, 45. Hours later, around 1 a.m., Willett's mother said she saw Michaels doing the dishes in the kitchen and told her that Willett was drunk in bed. She also stated that she and Willett were leaving early in the morning to get their children registered for school. Were the children also living with the dude's mom? Were they living with her? Investigators went to Michael's house to interview her. In her driveway, they reportedly found a cracked cell phone that belonged to Willett that also had a stain on it. Officers got a search warrant and found a bag in her room that had Willett's ID, 
truck keys and others inside, other items inside. So Willett's mother later informed police that she couldn't find her meat cleaver, according to the news outlet. And so Michaels took a polygraph test, according to a report obtained by KVVU. The examiner advised Michaels that the results showed she had a significant reaction to the question, quote, if she participated in any way in the death of Willett, the report said. She reportedly claimed that she hit Willett in the head with a wooden stick after he was abusive. Quote, Michaels stated that she did not want to kill Willett and only wanted to hurt him enough that he would have to go to the hospital because she wanted him out of the way so she could figure out what she could do with her children. The report said, according to the news outlet, police then reportedly asked if she was involved in Willett's murder. She claimed she did not remember, but said it was, quote, very possible. On August 15th, Michaels was arrested and charged with a count of open murder, according to the police. That's kind of a tough one. I really hope he wasn't being abusive, but in her mugshot, she, you know, you can't ever tell a book by its cover, right? But she looks a little cuckoo. And our next article comes from KIRO7, and the title reads, Pierce County Man Who Killed Grandparents in Scheme to Set Up Commune sentenced to life. Coming out of Pierce County, Washington. A man and three of his friends received long prison sentences for killing his grandparents at their key peninsula area home. Joanna Gormley, 73, and 71-year-old Ted Ralston were murdered on May 17th of 2020 before their home was torched in a plot to cover up the crime. According to Pierce County deputies, witnesses reported hearing an explosion at the house and it was engulfed in flames when the first responders arrived. Crews from Key Peninsula Fire found the couple dead in the basement. Detectives with the Pierce County Sheriff's Department said the victim's live-in grandson and some of his friends came up with a scheme to kill his grandparents so they could set up a commune on their waterfront property. property. After combing through a large amount of evidence, executing search warrants, and holding countless interviews, detectives identified four suspects. All four either pleaded guilty or were convicted by a jury. The victim's grandson, 29-year-old Ezra Fleming Ralston, was convicted of two counts of aggravated murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and first-degree arson. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Sean Higgins, 26, was convicted of two counts of aggravated murder and conspiracy to commit murder. He received a mandatory life sentence without parole. Spencer Klein, also 26, pleaded guilty to two counts of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to 45 years. And Rebecca Neubauer, 25, pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. She was sentenced to 33 years and four months in prison. And four months. So odd, those little numbers, aren't they? Set, killed his grandparents and set their house on fire for a commune. So our next article comes from APnews.com, and the title reads, 
ex-New York police chief who once led Gilgo Beach Probe charged with soliciting sex in park. Gilgo Beach Probe is the Long Island serial killer situation going on right now, which I am going to cover again. I will cover. I'm just kind of waiting for the dust to settle a bit because I don't want to rush to give you guys information and then it be half-assed because there's just this huge rush in the true crime community to be the first to get the information out. Like, that would be nice, right? Of course, I'd like to be the first to tell everyone, but I would rather be the first to be 100% accurate. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Anyway, back to the article. New York. Coming out of New York. So a former suburban New York police chief who once led the Gilgo Beach killings investigation and later went to prison for beating a suspect was arrested again Tuesday after authorities say he attempted to engage in sex with an undercover ranger at a Long Island park. What? James Burke, Suffolk County's police chief from 2012 to 2015, was arrested around 10.15 a.m. at Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park in Farmington after exposing himself to the ranger and saying he was interested in oral sex, according to an arrest report obtained by the Associated Press. Burke, 58, then attempted to leverage his status as a former law enforcement official to get out of the arrest, which was part of a targeted operation spurred by complaints about people soliciting sex in the park, officials said at a news conference on Tuesday. As he was being taken into custody, Burke asked the rangers if they knew who he was. Oh, it's the, do you even know who I am? And, was, and told them that getting arrested would be a public humiliation for him. The ranger who arrested Burke did not recognize him. <clears throat> nice. So Burke is charged with offering a sex act, public lewdness, indecent exposure, and criminal solicitation, Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison said. Burke was taken to a police station for processing. Information on his arraignment wasn't immediately available. I mean, he whipped his dick out, guys, because he wanted oral sex, but then said that he couldn't be arrested. This would be made public and it would be embarrassing. Dude, I I mean, like exposing yourself is embarrassing. Gross. Burke's lawyer in his previous case died last year. It wasn't immediately clear if he had a lawyer who could speak on his behalf regarding Tuesday's arrest. The Suffolk County District Attorney's Office did not respond to a request for comment. Now, Burke led the Suffolk County Police Department for a tumultuous three-year period that culminated in his arrest and guilty plea to federal charges for beating a handcuffed man suspected for stealing pornography, sex toys, and other items from his department SUV. So the scandal also toppled the county's longtime district attorney and the county's top corruption prosecutor who were convicted of helping Burke cover up the beating. During his tenure, Burke oversaw the high-profile investigation into the deaths of multiple sex workers whose remains were found in the area of Gilgo Beach on a desolate stretch of Long Island coastline. I'm surprised he wasn't a suspect. Burke has been criticized over his handling of the investigation by other law enforcement officials who said he blocked his department's cooperation with federal authorities. 
A man suspected of committing at least three of the killings was arrested earlier this summer. So yeah, we were aware of that. But, you know, why am I not surprised by this article? And it just really wouldn't be a murder in the news with me without a Florida man article, right? So coming out of the New York Post, title reads, Florida chemistry student caught on camera injecting opioid chemical agent under neighbor's door. And then there's a little video with it where it literally shows him walk up some steps, come around the corner, kneel way down, and then he's injecting something under a door. I mean, make no mistake, they've got him banged to rights. A Florida chemistry student was caught on a neighbor's hidden camera allegedly injecting an opioid chemical agent underneath their front door, causing the family and their newborn baby to fall ill. Oh, Umar Abdullah and his pregnant wife moved into their new condo in Tampa in June of 2022 and were warmly welcomed by other residents in the building. Shortly after, however, Abdullah began receiving texts from his disgruntled downstairs neighbor, Zooming Lee, a seemingly regular guy who complained about losing sleep and hearing the toilet seat move. After months of quarreling, Abdullah said he, his wife, and their daughter started feeling dizzy and vomiting. Quote, I look at my daughter, he told the outlet. Her eyes were full of tears. She was not crying, but her eyes were full of tears. End quote. So a friend first noticed the chemical smell while retrieving a package for Abdullah while he and his family were away on vacation. When he returned, he said he noticed an odor that he described was more obnoxious than nail polish remover. He called the air conditioning company, which found no problems. Then he called a plumber who also found nothing wrong with the water heater from which the smell appeared to be emanating. His landlord replaced the heater, and he even had his air ducts and vents cleaned, but the chemical smell persisted. Abdullah even called the fire department, but again, its tests revealed nothing. Quote, I never thought after all this and that, no, Abdullah said, I'm just imagining this, no, end quote. But then, confident there was an issue, he said he started sniffing that place like a dog. When he searched his doorway, he found a small crack in the corner. Suspecting his neighbor might have something to do with his family's illness, he set up a a hidden camera outside. When Abdullah's daughter became sick again, he checked the footage, which showed the neighbor crouching down outside the door, though it was not clear what his neighbor was doing. I mean, the video footage I saw was pretty freaking clear. We were shaking, Abdullah recalled. We can't imagine that he is coming and doing something. So he adjusted the hidden camera angle. Okay, well, then he had to adjust it. That makes sense. And when his daughter was ill again, he checked the footage. This time, the video showed the neighbor appearing to take a syringe out filled with a liquid and then injecting the liquid into the crack in Abdullah's door frame. Abdullah immediately got his family out of the home and called police. Lee was arrested by Tampa police and slapped with a number of felony charges, including possession of a controlled dangerous substance and burglary. A hazmat test revealed the, quote, liquid chemical agent contained contained a combination of methadone and hydrocodone, both opioid pain medications. Lee is listed as a doctoral 
chemistry student at the University of Southern Florida, but the school told the outlet he had not been enrolled since the summer 2023 semester ended. He was released on bond and is scheduled to appear in court next on December 5th. He was separately facing a lawsuit from Abdullah for domestic violence and from from the Condo Association for breach of contract. Abdullah's daughter just celebrated her first birthday at the apartment, but he says he is looking to move his family elsewhere. Well, no shit. What the hell? Oh, looks like we might have yet another Florida article. MyPanhandle.com. Somebody sent me this one. Thank you, guys, by the way, for sending me articles. I really appreciate that. So... This is coming from, yeah, mypanhandle.com. The title reads, Defendant Found Guilty of First Degree Murder. Bay County, Florida. A Panama City woman was found guilty of killing her husband. The jury came back around 7 Friday night with a verdict for Angela Riggins Dantzler. Quote, Florida versus Angela. Verdict. We, the jury, find as follows as to the charge. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty of first-degree murder as charged in the indictment, end quote, the court official said. She was found guilty of shooting her husband, Lorenzo Noel Dantzler V, to death two years ago in the couple's Kings Point home. Before the jury deliberated for just under two hours, prosecutor Peter Overstreet reiterated that the state believes she killed him execution-style, quote, Whether we hear from the cameras, whether it be the actual shooting itself, and the way she executes him, because, make no mistake, this was an execution shooting someone point-blank in the skull. She will serve life in prison without parole. She has 30 days to appeal if she chooses. I wonder what the backstory of that is, because that was literally the whole article, so I'm kind of curious. Our next article comes from ky3.com. This is out of Springfield, Missouri, so not terribly far from me. Three missing people found one dead. Dunklin County, Missouri. I don't know where Dunklin County is. Police are investigating the death of a woman after she was reported missing with two children. They were reported missing out of Campbell, Missouri, Friday evening, according to law enforcement. I don't know where Campbell is. Multiple agencies out of Dunklin County located a vehicle in a field between Seneth and Kennett Saturday. Oh, Kennett. I think that's the boot hill. When they found the vehicle, a woman and two children were also found. The woman, identified as Megan Oxley of Campbell, Arkansas, was f- pronounced dead at the scene and transported by the Dunklin County coroner, according to a post from Kennett 911 Communications. Law enforcement said the two children were suffering from heat exhaustion when they were found. They were taken to a hospital where they are expected to recover. Well, thank God for that. Law enforcement says this is an ongoing investigation. This is a developing story, and we will update this article as new information becomes available. Well, that sucks. Did she, like, unalive herself? What the heck? Hmm. And so for our last article for Friday comes from, wow, BournemouthCHO.co.uk. I probably butchered that. I apologize if I did. And the title reads, 
Bournemouth residents shocked as, quote, body parts found at Boscombe Cliffs. Quote, body parts found over the weekend near the Bournemouth Clifftops have sparked a murder investigation. Forensics teams, police search advisors, and a drone were all part of a major operation near Boscombe Overcliff Drive. A huge cordon was set up on Saturday afternoon and remained in place through Sunday. Access to the beach via the Manor Steps zigzag was blocked off with Boscombe Cliff Gardens also out of bounds. A member of the public is said to have found partial human remains on the zigzag shortly after 1 p.m. on Saturday and alerted police. The grisly discovery has left people shocked. Andy Hill had been in Bournemouth on holiday, staying with his partner and son. He said, quote, at roughly past, no, at roughly half past three, we came out hoping to walk down the zigzag path. We were stopped by police. We were shocked by the amount of police cars. My mom's from Bournemouth, so I've been coming down here all my life. I haven't seen anything like this before. It's a shock. It's a shame. Meanwhile, Andrew Humphreys from Bournemouth had been at the beach hut with his partner and two children. He said, quote, we came down to our beach hut at around half past two. Then we were advised that we would need to get down to the beach via a different route. We weren't able to come down the actual zigzag. As we've been down here, we've just observed the police cordon go up and police officers in hazmat suits, end quote. So Detective Inspector Neil Third of MCIT said, quote, We are treating this as a murder investigation. Well, you don't say body parts. And our inquiries are ongoing to establish the identity of the deceased and the circumstances surrounding their death. I am appealing to anyone with any information regarding this matter who has seen any suspicious activity around the area of the Manor Steps zigzag in Boscombe in recent days to please inform police. Any information, images, or other material can be uploaded to the major incident public portal that has been set up. Oh, that's nice. Quote, a cordon remains in place at the scene while further detailed inquiries are conducted, and I would like to thank members of the public for their patience and understanding while this is in place. There will continue to be an increased police presence in the vicinity, and officers can be approached by members of the public with any information or concerns, end quote. So, anyone with information is asked to submit it to the investigation team via the Major Incident Public Portal page at HTTPS colon two backslash mipp dot police dot uk backslash operation backslash five five hq two three m nine nine dash p o not zero o one if you are unable to submit information online please call one zero one quoting occurrence number five five two three zero one three five two two eight so, if you know anything, if you're over in the UK and you know anything about that, then get a hold of those people. But I don't understand. I'm, I think that's cool that the police are like, hey, by the way, there's going to be more of us and we're kind of taking up the area. Sorry about that. That's so polite, considering 
body parts were found, you would think that they wouldn't have to apologize, that people would be like, please take your time. We would very much like to catch whoever did this, right? So that does it for Friday. I need to come up with an intro for Friday, I know. I'll try to work on that this weekend. Three podcasts a week, regular full-time job and everything else going on. It's just kind of crazy that I can even keep up, but I'm trying. I'm definitely trying. So just remember, Auntie Alyssa does not have bail money, right? So y'all are going to have to behave yourselves. Do try not to get in trouble this weekend. Keep sending me articles. For my international listeners, keep sending me articles from your countries. Um, I have Google Translate, so I can cripple my way through if, if it, there's not an English version, but I definitely don't want to leave out the international community because I know there's things going on all around the world, even though the United States is just a hot mess, which we all know. We know. Don't hate us. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. Love ya. Bye-bye.